We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's going on, everybody? We are back sitting courtside on the Her Hoop Stats Podcast Network. I am Christy Winter-Scott, joined as always by Gabe Ibrahim. We are here for Courtside with Christy and Gabe. And my goodness, we are just ahead of the Olympic slash WNBA All-Star break, Gabe. And there is so much to discuss once again this week in the WNBA. Oh, yeah, we got we got a lot of news, a lot of drama, which we are... <laughs> Always about and a lot of great basketball, obviously. Yeah. That goes without saying. Um, but it's nice. It is nice to get a little something different, you know, in the middle of the season. I feel like last year it was just this big sprint of basketball and talking yeah. about basketball um, in the bubble. And now we're kind of into we're, we're into a more regular season where there's these breaks and there's different things to talk about that are happening a little bit off court, um, but that affect everything on court. Shouts the Atlanta Dream for providing us with drama, which we'll talk about. I mean, um, what's happening? Oh, and we, we always forget to do this. Follow at Her Hoop Stats on Twitter. Follow at Gabe underscore Ibrahim on Twitter. And follow at Christy W. Scott 51 on yes. Twitter. So we never and do that. Instagram. Instagram and Twitter. Those are my two, you know, places of, of residence on social oh. And, uh, and I love it. And, you know, it, it is really refreshing, you know, to hear the viewpoints of other people, um, to hear the comments um, that people are making about games going on, mm-hmm. uh, stats coming from the Her Hoop Stats Twitter site during games, especially when I'm calling games. Very insightful, very useful, and, and really, really in-depth. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I would say that if we weren't doing a podcast here on <laughs> Stats mm. Podcast Network. But I tell you what, if you haven't gone on that website to see the advanced stats and the analytics side of the WNBA and college basketball, for that matter, is really, really good stuff. And it tells the story. And, you know, stats don't lie. Film doesn't lie. And, you know, it's it's a good place to start if you want to learn more about the game, quite honestly. So... Yeah, it's all it's all beautifully laid out. And I've had teams I have team I've had team executives and team coaches tell me, like, this has been a huge resource for them to Absolutely. get college data, to get pro data, to see year yep. over year in an easy way. Um, yeah. And to bring it back to our conversation, I use this to make my all star picks for <laughs> this season. Here um, we go. And I I actually got pretty close to the all star team. Um, I wasn't picking. I kept out the Olympic players because obviously like they have their own all-star team. So I didn't want to. That's what I did. Um, But the, the, I mean, I'll read off team WNBA. So here's who who won. So the way it worked from what I, I don't entirely know how it works, but you get, um, (laughs) there's, there's a fan vote 
uh, and then there's a WNBA players vote, and then there's the media vote, and then those top the top 36 vote getters from there are on a list that go to the coaches and make it to um, and are are permitted to be picked for the 12 woman roster. So that's how right. it worked. Um, so this is what we ended up with. We have Dewana Bonner, Liz Cambage, Clea Copper, Dierica Hanby, Brianna Jones, John Quill Jones, Banaja Laney, uh, Rike Agumbawale, Candace Parker, Satu Sable, Courtney Vandersloot, and Courtney Williams. Oh, we have two Courtneys. I didn't realize that before we started talking. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, I, like I mentioned, I picked a lot of these players, um, but there are some surprises just from where we started the year to where we are now. So I was wondering yeah. which player on this list, if you went, if you took a time machine and took and went back to the beginning of the season and said, these are the players on the all-star team, which name would you at the beginning of the season be most surprised by? I would say, you know, Brianna Jones. I oh, mean, yeah. I, I really think, and you know, she has really come on like gangbusters. I mean, in the, Indiana game, she had 34 points. Like, she is just steady. She has gone from being the role player coming off the bench newbie to a reliable scoring asset for the Connecticut Sun. And that's exactly what she was at Maryland. And it took her time to be that for Maryland, too. Mm -hmm. So let's understand the process. But for Brianna Jones to be in the condition that she is in, number one, um, and that was a process when she was at Maryland as well. But she ended up shooting, I think, 62% from the floor her senior mm -hmm. year at Maryland to lead the country in field goal percentage. I mean, she was insanely efficient. And I think you're seeing that player now at the pro level. But she had to go through the process of, you know, being in the bubble last year um, without John Cole Jones down there. And then now with John Cole Jones and, and playing alongside of her, but not having Alyssa Thomas, like it, it doesn't matter who's around her necessarily like the step-by-step -step process that she has taken in the WNBA, I think has been most impressive. And you can almost say the same thing for Kalia Copper. You can see her yeah. coming along. You can see her coming along, but this year, you know, she beat the door down and ran over top of the door. Like that's how she's been playing all season. So for the Chicago sky. So those two, I think um, Brianna Jones first, and then, you know, I'm side-eyeing Kalia Copper because, you know, she has really, just accelerated, you know, in the last couple of weeks in the league. Yeah. And, you know, for Brianna Jones, what I find interesting is like, it does seem really surprising. It seems like this player has not, she hasn't come out of nowhere, but it feels like she, she like really sure. like just exploded this year. Right. Yes. 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 But when you, when you look at the stats and you just kind of, you know, you're looking for what I look for is I look at the counting stats and say, okay, here, her her shoot her points per game went up by eleven point two points per game last season in the bubble to fifteen point four points. Right, so right. it's like okay, this is a big jump, and we can see we see jumps like this for her in rebounding and assists and, and other stat categories. But then when you go down to advanced stats that try to break everything down by possession, she's pretty much doing the same things. She's just getting yeah. more opportunities. Like the biggest change in her advanced stats is her usage. Uh, rate went up from 17.4% to 21.1%. So she's just getting the ball more. And I feel right. like it, this is a, just a logical progression from where she was last year to where mm -hmm. she was this year. However, I think the interesting thing and what you mentioned is that versatility, right? Like this is yeah. a player that I think it, it, people look at and expect her to be just one thing, right? Just big bruising center. Right. And to a large extent, she is. Like you mentioned, she can fit around Alyssa Thomas. And Alyssa Thomas spends 90% of her time around the rim. Yeah. So now you're as a center, you have to move, you have to move around either to the dunker spot, to the mid-range, to the high post to figure out a different way to play with her. Now the right. next year you bring in a bigger player who has played center at the top levels and has dominated at center in the top levels in John Cole Jones. And that player is still dominating while Brianna Jones is there. And I think it just, it goes to that versatility, right? Like now you have, when she's next to John Cole, that means she can just get down the post a little bit right. more and play a more bruising style. And that's why, you know, her offensive, her offensive rebounds are slightly up this year because she's just been able to stick around the post more, which has been yeah. perfect for her. But then you bring, if next year, you know, Alyssa Thomas is back. I think you can kind of just play all three of them because you, and the spacing might get a little weird, but I think you can play all <laughs> three of them because 
of her versatility. And I think that's the biggest change in her game from what I expected right. to where she is now is not just that, yeah, she's gotten better. Of course she's gotten better. She's a really good basketball player who works very hard, but she's learned how to fit in the pieces around her. And for a team like Connecticut that will be changing, this team is going to change, especially next year. Hopefully. God, I hope just one year we have a full Connecticut (laughs) Sun roster may not matter. They could win the championship this year, but I do want to see the whole team, but just her versatility has been, so so impressive and yeah that's i agree with you that's a person i was probably probably would have been most surprised by um, right coming into the season but clear coffer man I, her she's another one of these players that you know had the same sort of it, it's it's a similar story to brie jones like last year in the bubble yeah. she gets a big opportunity she makes the most of it this year she's coming back still making the most of it but i think that the thing that i love the most about this is that candace parker's on the all-star team so we're going to see Candace Parker and Clea Copper on the break during the All-Star game. And that has been the most fun thing I've been watching this season, personally, when I watch Chicago Sky. Yeah, no doubt. And then, oh my gosh, throw uh, Courtney Vandersloot oh, on yeah, the floor. I mean, nine, nine assists a game. I mean, what is it? 8.7 assists per game to lead the WNBA. And I mean, have all those thoroughbreds running the yeah. court. I mean, pick your poison, okay? Pick your poison. But that's going to be a great game. And I think, you know, I, we can go another way with surprises. At the beginning of the season, I would have thought Neka Gumake would be on the team. So that's a surprise in the wrong way. Yeah. Not seeing her on the list. On okay. either of these teams. Frankly. Either of the teams, Gabe. Gabe. Yes. Come on now. And she, um, you know, NECA and Shanae, both of them right now are on the 15-player selection list for the Nigerian national team. Which is interesting. Which is very interesting. But my goodness, if that's what it takes to play on the Olympic level, then go and do that. Both of them. And Erica, too. Her Their yeah. younger sister who played at Rice, she's on the list as well. So all three of them, all three of the Agumake sisters, three of the four, Okay, let's not forget they have a whole, you know, like the Plumleys. There are a lot like <laughs> of siblings, a lot of siblings. But listen, I love it. And the opportunity is there. Why would you say no to that? Like if you are not on the USA team, you are not on the uh, the all-star team that's playing the USA team and you are getting your home country asking you to possibly play in Tokyo in the Olympic Games. Like, yeah. how do you look that in the face and say, no, I'm good. No, you go. Yeah. Anybody would go. And if anyone has a problem with that, I mean, it's whatever. That's what it is. And if they asked, if they would ask you that, you would go too. So stop playing no, no. around and stop acting like uh, well, it's something bad. Like that's an opportunity and they better go and cease it if that's there for them. So I do want to mention something. So I think Erica's going regardless. Erica's on the Nigerian national team. Um, so I believe Erica is going to the Olympics regardless. Okay. The issue for Cheney and NECA is that they've both played at the senior level with their teams. Um, and NECA especially has played on a World Cup team, so a competitive team that's not, um, you know, like a friendly, which is in soccer, that's a big deal. Like if you only – in soccer, if you only play friendlies with your with a country at the senior level, you're still allowed to switch teams. Um, the the Olympic rules right. are a little bit uh, different for basketball, the FIBA Olympic mm-hmm. rules. Um, and so they may let NECA and Cheney play. Personally, I think they'd be great because I love the drama, which is why yeah. I, I voted for NECA on my all-star team because I wanted the drama. So did um, I. Uh, but that's – so the, the Nigerian – I'm excited to see how that shakes out because I think one of the first exhibitions is actually USA-Nigeria. Oh, boy. So if hopefully let's, let's hope that that's all copacetic and if FIBA is like, yeah, you guys can play um, because that would actually make for a really good game um, with the, just to see, just to see, I just want to see the drama. Um, but with <laughs> NECA, I think leaving her off the all-star roster is a little bit more rational just because she's only played five games this year. And this is a WNBA all-star game honoring the best players from this season. Right. So I'm like, if you've only played five games, it's a little hard for me to say that you've performed better in the WNBA season than players who have been playing more of their games for more their team, right? I think leaving her off the Olympic roster, 
is crazy because of how much work she put in. Um, I'm not, you know, whatever injury. I, I don't think the, in, like you could just put her on the roster and then take her off if she's still injured by the Olympics. But I think leaving her off the roster for the Olympics was ridiculous given the level of commitment she's had to the team. And that's a bigger issue, right? Like, look, this, this, I'm, I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. The USA women are going to win the gold medal. No offense to anybody else. Unless something <laughs> catastrophic happens, the U.S. women are going to win the gold medal. Regardless if, if NECA or regardless of if their center is NECA or Brittany Griner or uh, Sylvia Fowles or whoever, right? It's like she's going to – she. NECA is going to do fine and they're still going to win the gold medal of NECA. So I think when you have someone who's put in that commitment and is that good, she, I think she should have made the U S women team, but I think leaving her off the all-star um, roster was the right thing to do. I don't even think she was in the pool for the coaches to pick. I'll check that now. Um, but from, well, where I, from where I remember, she was not in the, she was not in the top 36 vote getters, but okay. I hear what you're saying and I respect it. Uh, you have that opinion. But Gabe, I am totally 180. She should have been on the all-star team. I don't care if she played a half a game. Neko Gumake should have been on the all-star team, period, because of her body of work. And I know you're saying, okay, this season, Neko Gumake needs to be on the all-star team. That's not fair. So who are you taking off then? I have to take someone off. I don't know yet. Let me just let me just say this. Let me just say this. When Candace Parker was left off the Olympic team, that was shockingly ridiculous. Okay. And NECA. And NECA. NECA was having the best season, one of the best seasons in basketball history. One of the best seasons in basketball history. And they didn't select her for that 2016 team. That was wrong. That was wrong. I'm totally sure. I'm totally with you. Horrible. So I feel, you know, this is right under that same umbrella with, NECA not being on the team and who do you take off becomes like really tough, obviously. But I think you start with her being on the roster and then work your way down instead of here's the roster and let's find a place where we could take somebody off. I think you start with her there. Then you don't have to worry about who to take off. Cause she's already, anyway, don't get me started. I just think that, you know, she has earned the right to be a WNBA all-star period point blank. The end five games in she gets injured. I understand that, but it's disrespectful not to have her on the all-star team. It's disrespectful I, not to have her on the all-star team, Gabe. And that's just, and I'm not saying you are being disrespectful for no. your opinion. I'm just saying, to look at that list and not see Naka Agumake on it is a travesty. And I feel for her because she has worked hard and injuries are what they are. You can't plan them or plan how your body's going to respond to them. But what you can do is look at her body of work. She's a former MVP in the league. Like she's but this isn't like a lifetime a, achievement award. A champion. She's a champion. I know it's not a lifetime achievement award, Gabe. Okay. But I think that she she has earned it. She has earned it in the five games. Had she not? Was she like two points a game in the five games? Like no, what were no, her stats was, in the five she was games? Really, she was really good in the well legit. She she was pretty legit. good. I mean, she was getting to uh, you know, I think I'd probably say like 80% of the okay. neck of that we know because she was hurt last year. She was coming into the season a little hurt. So she was not she was. fully healthy before she got hurt again. But she was balling though. But her stats in those five games weren't like, oh, what have you done for me lately? No, her stats in those five games were better than a lot of players in the league. And I think those five games and those stats that she presented earned her right to be on the all-star team. And that's it. That's so, what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I that's a, I think that's a fine argument. I just disagree. I don't think she's been. Um, I think because to me, Team USA is more of the is more of the things you're talking about. She's a champion. She's someone who's gonna. She's done it. She's been there. She's like it, it, to me. That's what Team USA is all about, right? Like Team yeah. USA is about all these players who you know. I don't know how many of these players that would have voted to be on the All Star team. Generally, mm. I, I'm pretty sure. I'm just looking at the Team USA roster. I'm pretty sure I would have voted all of them, but I don't know, right? Like I would have had, I would have run into the same issue with Diana Taurasi and saying, 
Diana's only played five games this season. Like I understand she won the greatest of all time, but the the All Star game to me is not too. Um, is not about, you know, who the best players are. To me, the all-star game is about rewarding the players who are playing the best this season, which is why like someone like Benaja Laney is on mm-hmm. here. To me, like that, that's the perfect all-star is a player like Benaja Laney, someone who has been one of the best players this season, regardless of where you think she is in terms of the player, the, the best players in this game. I mean, I think to me, you have to put her really high up there right now because of the way she's playing, but just this season, she's been that. So to me, she's a perfect all-star, mm-hmm. right? So NECA would kind of be the opposite of that, where we're giving her all the we're giving her credits for those years before. And to me, I just don't I don't take that into account. That all this being said, I put NECA on my all-star team. Why? Okay. Because I wanted the drama. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> this is like I know I'm make, I'm making this meaningful and like trying to bring like stats and stuff, but that's not what the, the all-star game is about. <laughs> Fun and drama right. and storylines and the, and those types of things. And so I think. Um, they missed an opportunity because she was one of the top 36 vote getters, just, just for the record. She was a top 36 vote getter, so they could have selected yeah. her for this roster. Thank um, you. And I just, but- you know, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. It's just like, to me, the argument for not having her is pretty strong because I do think I can't, I can't find people on this list that are not deserving. Uh, well, of, there, of, there, are eight, there are eight first-time All-Stars on this team, right? And Diana Taurasi hurt herself, right? She was injured. But now she's making her 10th All-Star appearance. I mean, she's on Team USA as well. I mean, Super 12-time All-Star on the All-Star team. And and no shade. I mean, definitely deserving. But so is NECA, period. (laughs) I mean, if Taurasi can be hurt for a month and still make the team, then darn it, NECA can be hurt uh, for a month and make it too. Okay, I'm let's gonna put, say I'm, what we're saying. Let's say what we're saying. That's uh, what I'll put I'm you on saying. the spot. Let's put, let's put you on the spot. That's all we're I'm gonna, saying. <laughs> what we're going to do right now is we're going to we're going to pick a spot for NECA. And I know where <laughs> I know I know what you said. I think I think you're right for Team USA. Team USA should have been NECA's name at the top. Maybe a couple other people's name right yeah. next to her, and then you build out the roster. Okay. Per, I, I'm with you there. But now that we're yeah. here, we're here. Now that the eggs have been broken. The the omelet is on the skillet. So we got to figure out. <laughs> What are we taking out of here to put in to put in Neka Goomkit? Let's start with the U.S. women's team. I'll make a pick. I'll tell you who I, who I think. All right, come on with it. Off. So come I on. think a lot of people point to Tina Charles. I'm like, I don't. If I'm having a basketball team and I have the opportunity to put Tina Charles on it right now, absolutely no chance. I'm having a basketball team that does not have Tina Charles on it. If I have Tina Charles, Tina Charles on, like she, yeah, she's been an MVP. Yeah. All year. So I'm looking at the front court players because I don't want to try to figure out the guards because I think the guard, like they needed all these guards. Okay. So we have Brianna Stewart. I think Brianna brings a, a little something different. I think Asia Wilson um, is, is another player that brings a little something different. And also you want those players in your system. Or you want you want USA fans to see these players and recognize that these are oh, no. uh, the future. Right. Cool. Copacetic there. So now that leaves us with, well, I think the Fisa Collier should be on there too just because of her versatility. So now I'm left down to two choices here. Brittany Griner, Sylvia Fowles. You got to have Brittany Griner on the team just in case you need someone who's bigger than everyone else. Point blank, period. That's end of story. And she's only been there once. She only has one gold medal. So I think it's important to keep her in the system. Okay. Sylvia Fowles has four gold medals. And uh, Sylvia is one of, if not the greatest center in the history of the WNBA. That being said, ain't going to make a difference. To Team USA's bottom line, if it's Sylvia Fowles or if it's Neka Agumike, they're going to win the gold medal regardless if, if it's Sylvia Fowles or Neka Agumike. You can, you. you can bank that. So that's why I'm going to pick Sylvia Fowles off the roster. It has nothing to do with the way Fowles is playing. It has nothing to do with what she brings the team. And I understand that a lot of people are going to say, well, that's how you pick a basketball team. And I don't disagree with that in a lot of places. But on Team USA, I think – career achievement, commitment to the team, and not being there before really matters. So I would take Sil, Sil out and I'll put NECA in to her spot. That's my pick. What do you what do you have? I hear you. <laughs> but again, Gabe, I, I disagree. Um, okay. And I love, I love Nafisa Collier. And okay. I love her upside and her game. NECA over 
Nafisa Collier. Okay. That's my pick. And and that's not that's not disrespecting no. Collier's game. I love her game. So Nafisa, I don't know if you're listening, you know, the, the tea with podcast, fee and I'm, yeah, the tea with fee and all. Listen, I, I get it and I'm not hating and I'm not like shaming her for making it and she shouldn't have made it. No, I'm not saying that she should have made it. That's fine. But if there were a player to take off and put NECA on, it would be for me, it would be Collier. And she has, she's young. Like she has the upside. Like, I don't know, like in the next four years, I mean, they already had to wait an extra year for the, these Olympics and, you know, health and everything, you know, with bird and with obviously with Tarasi, you know, they're, they might not be playing in four years. Right. Then there's a chance for Nafisa Collier to make the roster the next time and definitely warranted, definitely deserving, definitely. But NECA right now is, is NECA's like this, this is NECA's Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi Olympic game mm-hmm. situation. So for me, I'm like, hey man, in four years, who knows if we have Bird, Taurasi and, and NECA Gumake available for the Olympic games. But guess who's available this time for it? The three of them. So yeah. give them give them the opportunity to play. That's all I'm saying. And I'm not obviously on any committee for the Olympic team, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, I'm like, well, this is their this is their chance. I mean, it only comes around every couple of years. And this time, five years later, like, man, who knows what else? I, and hopefully there's no other pandemic that sets it, uh, you know, five more years ahead. Like, that's insane. Think about that part of it and think about it that way that Nafisa has some years in her career to get it again. So yeah. I, you can't say the same for NECA. So I mean, I'm going to yeah. move Nafisa Collier off the list and put NECA on it because of that fact. The thing with the young players and the Olympic team is that you need when you're, I don't know. I mean, the women, the women's side of things is a little different. Because ever, if you're invited, for the most part, uh, as a woman to be on the women's national team, you're going to go, whereas the men's team is a little bit more fickle. So it's more important, obviously, to get the young players there. But I still think, on the women's side, it's important to get young players like like Ariel Atkins and the Fisa Collier yeah. and Brianna Stewart and Asia Wilson, although Brianna Stewart's already been on the team. But to get those players into the U.S. system and to get them – with that senior team in the Olympics so that next year, right? Like you mentioned next time around and whenever it is, I don't actually know what our schedule is next time. Like a lot of these players, we let Sue bird, Tina Charles, Skylar digging Smith, maybe fouls, Chelsea gray, Brittany Griner, Brittany Griner will probably still be around. Um, and Diane Trossi, like those players are gone. So now we're going into next year's next time's Olympics with a new Team USA president, by the way. Yes. Uh, a new Team USA president, and then we're going to have all new, an all-new team. So what I, I think the, the thinking behind having those young players there <laughs> is you want to get them in so that next time they're prepared to be the leaders and that we're not going to have some sort of debacle like the men had at the 2004 Olympic Games. Because let me tell you what, the, the women aren't losing. I don't ever, we're, I, we cannot ever lose the gold. I'm just, I'm going to say that right now. The women cannot lose the gold. I do not want to see that happen. I, we saw that with the men. It was terrible. So you got to make sure that you are set up for the future of winning, not just this gold medal, but a lot of gold medals, which is why I say if I was put it, 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 you know, putting on NECA instead of fouls, just because I don't think it changes the team dynamic that much while also giving someone that opportunity that we want them to do. Do you, let's, let's do this with, with the all-star team too. I'm, I'm going to put your feet to okay. the fire. Who are you taking off? Who are you taking off for the all-star team? If I had to take someone off, not that I would, if I had to take someone off for NECA. I have one in mind. Do you, you have one you, in mind? I, I do. Uh-huh. I, I would, and I love her immensely. I mean, I think that that my daughter Brie plays a lot like her. Yeah, She's very talented, like very skilled, very deliberate, um, always thinking the game. Satu Sabli is the yeah. one. Yeah. I would, I, and I love. No, do you understand? Like, I completely no, I love her game. Loved her at Oregon. Love her with the wings. I love it, and I love the the young lady that she is. Like all the qualities, like her basketball acumen through the roof. 
an amazing player. But I would take her mm-hmm. off her neck on the All-Star team. <laughs> I mean, just looking at everyone cool. else, looking at everyone else on there. And I mean, Derricka Hamby, I think, was surprised that she made it, she said. She said she was surprised that she made the All-Star team, but yeah. I mean, Ham- brings great energy. Yeah. You said what? Hamby, Hamby deserves to be on that team. I think, she I does. Think that's pretty easy. Yeah, no, she does. And and so does Satu. But yeah. if you're talking about removal for NECA, I mean, just look at the list. If you say all the names on this list and then add NECA instead of Satu, I mean. We're, yes, we're dealing it with the. It sounds really good. And it sounds good with Satu Sabli on it, too. It does. No, I... But, and I, and I, the upside, again, she's a baby. Like, you know, this is her third year, mm-hmm. second year. I mean, wait, is it her second year? Because the is bubble it? messed me up. Yeah. Yeah. She came right. in yeah. with, with, um, with Sabrina. Sabrina. So right. she had so second year. Second year. And, you know, come on, man. Come on, man. I agree. I, I, I agree. Saying, she has time to get some more. And no, and I, I, I think also like she, she's not, she's great to like showcase her game. I think that's fantastic. NECA is yeah. too. Uh, and then there, I think there could have also been a fear that Neca may not be ready necessarily for this game, which is on July 14th, whereas she mm-hmm. probably could be ready for the Olympics, which is July 25th, something like that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. But the, re, regardless, just like as a thought experiment, I think I agree with you. I, I, I totally think that, um, you know, I probably take Satu off just because she's going to have opportunities to be there again. And the, this season she's been, it's been disjointed for her because she did go off to play three on three for she Germany. Did. So she hasn't necessarily done um as much work as the other players on the team so i think that's that's uh that's the take i have as well is is what i yeah think. and it's tough and it's not and again it's not to discredit satu mm-hmm. i love you satu i love your game and it's just i don't know i think for me it becomes a point of respect for players who have paved the way players who are and have led not just on the court, but also off. And, and I know it's not, like you said, a lifetime achievement award, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's only a small window of time when players are in their prime. And I just feel like, you know, if this opportunity slips through the hands of NECA, Gomeke wins the next one. You know what I'm saying? That's all. Like for the Olympic team, it's especially, you know, because of the, the gap of time in between the games, but you know, this is only the 17th All-Star game for the WNBA because, you know, some years they took off because of the Olympics. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. There's not not that many opportunities. I think we take for granted, like, oh, there's an All-Star every time. No, it's not, you know. And yeah. and with when you factor in injuries and health and all that and, and age moving forward, like, hey, man, I, I'm just all about the respect for these players. And, you know, and, and the understanding now that I've, been retired for some time um <laughs> that <laughs> that man you can't get that time back you can't get the time back and you can't get your prime back you know so that's why i'm like man fee you have a tremendous upside love you love your game satu huge upside love your game but man neca neca's time is right now well i i uh, to, all right. I do want to say one thing, though. I do want to say one thing. Not not to give the Olympic Committee credit, because the U.S. Olympic Committee and the International Olympic Committee deserve no credit. Just mm-hmm. going to put that out there. I have a lot of complaints. We're not going to get into that on this podcast. Just saying, though, for the U.S. women's team, I think they probably picked the best team. This is something that Richard Cohen brought, brought up in his uh, dissected column. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. But he was mm-hmm. talking about how this was actually a brave decision by the U.S. women's national team to go with the team they thought was best rather than considering the individual aspects uh, or the other the outside court things. They put together a damn good team. I think they, they really – it may have come down to Ariel Atkins or Neka Gumake, according to some people – and to me, I think this team makes so much more sense with Ariel Atkins. I think she's the exact player you want when you're Absolutely. playing on the Olympic team. Um, and so is, so is NECA. But, you know, I think they, to a certain extent, I'm not saying I agree with this opinion. They did pick a team that they thought was the best. 
And I think that's kind of a, it's, it is in some ways a brave selection to say, we're not going to worry about the rest. We are sending the best team that we can put together to Tokyo to wear our colors, to make sure that this tradition of excellence on the women's national team continues. So I do want to give them at least some credit for that potential that they did actually just pick this team because they thought it was the best team they could put together. Honestly, I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, that I'm not, you know, shaming the uh, Olympic committee um, by saying that NACA should have been on it. But at the same time, she should have been on it. <laughs> so we are shaming them a little bit, just, just a little bit. Um, <laughs> but, which I am allowed. At the same yeah. time, you know, Ariel Atkins definitely belongs on this team and a totally different kind of player than NACA. I agree. Yeah, I don't think it came down to those two. I mean, I just think Collier is more comparable to what NECA does on the floor. Um, I know Fee can, you know, lane with the three-point shooting, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, again, I don't know what it came down to or who it came down to, but for me, I mean, I, I just, I'm going to stand in my truth and whether people come for me on that or not, I'll take it. I have thick skin. I've been here for a minute. Yeah. I don't really, I mean, that's what I feel. And I'm allowed to feel that way, honey. I'm allowed oh, to feel yeah. that way. And I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've taken a lot of hits along the way and I'm uh, good if people don't agree with, you know, what I'm saying about NECA and, um, and how she has earned the right to be on, on both teams or at least one of these teams period. And, you know, you can come for me if you want to. It doesn't mean, you know, you can call my name. doesn't mean I have to answer I, to it. I so. think we're, I think we're in the majority here. I think we're in the majority of people want to see NECA on one of these teams. Deservedly so. True. Um, I did want to bring up one more name. I did want to bring up one more name. Uh, okay. Actually, a couple more names. Uh, Marina Mabry. Has been excellent this year. Deserved all-star consideration. I believe she got all-star consideration. She used to make the team. Uh, there's a case for Erica Wheeler, but she's been a little bit more hurt. Uh, I just wanted to bring her name up because I think she's been pretty excellent this year, especially in the clutch. When LA needs her, Erica Wheeler's been there. Biggest right. name, though, to me that did not make it was Sammy Wickham. Because I think, Sammy, if you just look at the New York Liberty, you Man. look at them and you say, yeah. they have they have Laney, yeah. they have Sabrina, you know, and everyone else is kind of like an, an ancillary person. That's just not, yeah. that hasn't been the case. Sammy Wickham's been, I think, their second best player this season. Uh, yes. Sabrina's been, Sabrina's been up and down, not only with the injuries, just with their play. So, yeah. Sammy, to me, has been excellent. She's been perfectly efficient. She's everything you want from a shooter. It's it's like watching Allie Quigley in Allie Quigley's best season. So, <laughs> right. To me, I think uh, Sammy should have been on the team. Um, it's tough. You're picking 12 players. So I understand why she's not. But th- those three players I just wanted to give a shout out to. And then one more, one more to get into what I want to talk about next. Uh, Courtney, <laughs> Williams made it, Courtney Williams made it over Tiffany Hayes, um, which I think is ultimately fine. I picked Tiffany Hayes. I think Tiffany... Uh, Tip does a little bit more on the defensive end and should that should have been in there. Kenny Carter also probably got consideration. Speaking of Atlanta, Christy. <laughs> Thank God. Christy. Oh, well. All right, yeah. so we don't we don't actually we don't know the exact specifics of what happened, but there was some sort of uh, verbal altercation, potentially physical altercation between it seems, it seems, but I'm not reporting anything. I want to make it very clear, I'm not reporting anything. But seems like Courtney Williams, Kenny Carter got into a kerfuffle. Uh, things may have turned physical. A kerfuffle? Wait, a kerfuffle? A kerfuffle, okay. a, kerfuffle, a scuffle, ahead. whatever. Um, okay. They got into something, and it, it boiled over on the bench during the game to the point that Kennedy had to be benched. Now this is playing out over Twitter with Courtney Williams talking about this all over Twitter. Uh, there's been a lot of sources talking about – how Kennedy Carter is a quote unquote cancer or yeah, a lot of stuff is, is coming out of Atlanta. It seems dysfunctional. And again, I just mentioned all three of their guards as being potential all-star candidates. So it's not like yeah. this team, they're, they're not playing great. They're not one of the best teams in the league, but they're certainly not bad enough to be completely unraveling at the seams. So Christy, I just wanted to get your thoughts on uh, what we've heard from the situation so far. 
first of all, that was, it was shocking. Um, you know, no one knew why uh, Kennedy Carter didn't play in the second half of their last game. Mm. And, you know, I had the game on Friday, Atlanta and Seattle, the Twitter game on WNBA's Twitter. And, you know, her minutes weren't that big during that mm-hmm. game. Um, and we were wondering, I was on the call with Debbie Antonelli, and we were wondering, man, they need Carter back out there. She was, you know, scoring at will, like she was doing a really mm-hmm. great job. So I don't know, you know, I know she's coming back from the elbow injury. She came back, you know, uh, several weeks ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, there's no mention of minutes restriction for her, but it just seemed like, okay, they're trying to ease her in um, to the situation. They're trying to ease her in and, and not, you know, overdo her minutes, you know, because of cardio fatigue and whatever elbow may hurt or something like that. But we were wondering where she was on Friday. So the fact that this kind of exploded all over social media in the last couple of days and, you know, Mike Peterson, God bless him. I mean, he was <laughs> handed this team, this what was it, three days before the season started when yeah. Nikki Collin uh, took the job at Baylor. And, you know, two days later, the dream opened the season. Like, here's the season. Um, so it's been, I think, quite a struggle in that regard, number one. And then to get a whole entirely new coaching staff in there. Um, you know, they have Lakeisha Frett uh, down there as one of their assistants. And they have Dania LaForce Mann, who, you know, is on the bench as well for them as an assistant coach. Um, Terrence Mann's mom. Anyway, for the Clippers. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, but I just think it's been quite a challenge. But I think what I like most, if there's anything to like about this um, situation, is that Renee Montgomery came out immediately and said accountability will always be at the top of the list here in Atlanta for our organization. And that's it. And she had to say something. And I think that was the best thing to say. And who knows how long Kennedy Carter is going to be suspended for because it said until further notice. So it wasn't like for one game or, you know, we're almost at the halfway mark where it's going to be a huge five week break. I don't know what that looks like. And I know, you know, wasn't there an incident a couple of seasons ago where some players got into a fisticuffs and uh, they both got traded? So that happened. That was, um, that was Courtney and Alex Bentley. That's who it was. In Alex Connecticut. Bentley. Um, yes. And, but Connecticut picked, they, they had to trade someone because I think it got into, I think it got, from what I can understand about this situation from mm-hmm. social media, which is not a ton, but from what we can understand, it was mm-hmm. like Alex Bentley and Courtney Williams got into a fight, a right. altercation on a team bus. So the team had to do something about the situation. Uh, and they decided right. to trade Alex Bentley to Atlanta, where she had an awesome playoffs that we don't talk about enough for Alex she Bentley. She really did. <laughs> she was awesome. She was amazing. That's, that's she sorry, was. I digress. But yeah, so, it, you know, to me, so the big issue, obviously, is like Kennedy is your future. You know, no offense to yeah. Courtney, no offense to Tiffany Hayes, no offense to Elizabeth Williams. The future of the Atlanta dream is Kennedy Carter. Mm-hmm. So you need to get her on board to whatever you're doing. I think it is extremely right. difficult to get anyone on board when the GM just got fired that drafted her, the coach that brought her in just got just left for another job three weeks before the season. And now there's a new coach who is, he's been there, but it's not like he has the same sort of head coach relationship to another player. And on top of all this, you've, you've added all of that firepower to a group of players that when they all came together, we were like, this is a, this is a locker room that we need to see. Like, cause this could either go great. And we saw some videos on their social media of like Courtney and Tiffany Hayes and, Kenny Carter and Ossie Simpson, all of them like hanging out and being friends, but it could also blow up because you have players that have big egos that have, that are not afraid to speak their minds and they're going to get in each other's faces. And look, that works, right? Like that's what, that's what makes the Miami heat, the Miami heat. I know I was talking about the Miami heat, but 
That's what makes Miami Heat the Miami Heat. Yeah. You, if you've ever been to a Miami Heat practice, you will see players getting right in each other's faces, yelling, you know, get, getting in almost physical altercations because they care that much. And that can be a good thing, but you need a right. challenge. You need a challenge, channel it and, and put it towards a positive way. And I think they've missed the boat there in Atlanta with this. Um, so maybe it's just a, a situation where you have all these big personalities and there's yeah. some losses piling up. There's some missed shots and there's people who want more shots who think they can do better for the team. Maybe it just boils over and then it comes back in. It's like, you know, when you, when you're boiling something boils over, it'll calm back down. And then we can sue that the process, especially with this break coming up. But if not, I don't know where they go from here. That's the thing. Like, what's it going to look like? Whenever it is that she returns, like what is what will that look like when she does get back? But the vets and, and need it, the vets need to take the, the vets need to take ownership of the situation. Yeah. To me, to me, I know court court. I'm, I'm not you know Courtney can say whatever she wants. I'm not saying she can't. But to me, if I'm on that team and you're going outside to tweet about this stuff to to the world and let it, and airing out our dirty laundry as a team in my in the, our locker that. room, absolutely. Like that is a failure of leadership that that came that that came out and same and the whole thing the whole thing is a failure of leadership and i'm not sure who the leader is but someone has to take over and say look i'm in charge and we're not doing that bs anymore you got a problem with her you go up to her in the locker room and you handle it and if you guys fight we'll break you up and then we'll make up like bro like like a family right sometimes you fight you break you you make up but you're not going to sit there and go out and tell the world what's happening in in our locker room that's supposed to be sacred to us I thought that was wrong. I thought obviously what Kennedy, whatever Kennedy did was also a big problem because she's suspended indefinitely. So there, there's a failure of leadership here in Atlanta. Uh-huh. I think, I don't know. I don't know if to me, I'm not trading Kennedy Carter. I'll trade everybody else on this team before I trade Kennedy Carter, to be honest. Cause and also when you look at their salary cap, that would make sense. Cause all, most of these players are, are on uh, expiring deals. So I do wonder if there's going to be yeah. somewhat of an exodus from Atlanta for some of those veteran players um, because if that situation is untenable, but have you ever had, have you ever had to deal with the, these sorts of um, explosive conflicts on a team? And like, did, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how you keep that from happening when you have all these personalities. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately um, this one I was coaching at the, um, at the collegiate level and something like that happened and it was awful. Um, but I mean, I, I will I, I'll tell you about that, but I, when you, I just wanted to ask you this, when you said it's a, a failure of leadership, are we talking within the players? Like for Courtney Williams to have lack of leadership of herself, mm. is that what you're talking about? Or are you talking about coaches, um, you know, GMs, owners, are you talking, what, what kind of leadership are we are we, we talking about because we don't I mean, know the first specifics. You, say it again. We don't we don't know the specifics, so I don't want to like single out someone. I'm when these things happen though, it is it is a failure of leadership because leadership starts at the top, starts at the owner and the ownership group. So yeah, Renee Montgomery is on this chain of people that I think has 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 failed, but she's only been there for two months. So it's like, how much can we really put on someone here who's just getting used to the who's getting used to their position in the organization? But then it trickles down. I put it, I put the blame on every single person, down from ownership to the 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 assistant coaches to the players. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs to, and it's account. It, Renee said it. It's accountability. Okay. Accountability, accountability and leadership starts at the top, and then that trickles down mm-hmm. to the rest of the team. And if there's any break in this chain between ownership, you know, general uh, front office coaches okay. and players, okay. then it's going to fall apart. And I think that's on everyone at, at each level. And when you okay. don't have when you don't have a straight line, and then maybe that's the problem. Maybe there's too many players here who who think they are the leader, right? Because you do have a lot of great veteran players who have been to really important stages and have led their teams in the past. Okay. Maybe that that could be an issue where you have actually too many people trying to lead a team and then it falls apart because everyone has different styles. So it has to be someone like, you know, you you look at Let's talk about the Washington Mystics as a counter example. Washington okay. Mystics are totally in sync. You know, it goes it goes from Ted Leonsis to uh, to Mike Tebow to 
the players and the leader of that player group, right? Despite Tina Charles and Alain Deldon being on this team is Natasha Cloud. Unimpeachably, I think Natasha Cloud is the leader of the Washington Mystics. Everyone else is also a leader in their own right. But the person who is in that chain of people who's going to take care of problems is Natasha Cloud. So that's why that organization works because it goes straight down. If Ted has a problem, he goes to Mike. And if Mike has a problem, he goes to Natasha and they deal with it. And I think on on Atlanta, it seems like there isn't that system quite yet because of all of change that has happened. And then when you have all that and all these big personalities, stuff's mm-hmm. going to boil over and hopefully you can get it back in the pot before, the, before it gets too much and then you lose the season. I hear what you're saying. Um, and while I do believe that the Mystics are in linear position leadership-wise, no mm-hmm. question about it, and – I know that Natasha Cloud is the most vocal on the team. I believe that the leader for the Mystics is Elena Deladon. Um, And that's just me seeing her. I mean, obviously not this year or last year, but when we were able to go to practices, I was there all the time. Um, When there were situations, um, they were running things in practice, like uh, a minute left down two, and they were going through things. She was the one who was in the huddles with the team and they were all listening to Deladon every single time. And that's no shade to, to Cloud because she is animated. She is the voice of the team. And you think about the missus, you think about her because of, of who she is. And I get that. And, and there is some, some truth to what you said. But I think when it's all said and done, the ears are really honed in on what Elena Deladon is saying on, on a lot of things. Um, but that's just my opinion on what I've seen, but going back to Atlanta, now me being a coach, we have meetings at the beginning of every season. Here are the things that are not acceptable. Here are the things that are expected. Here are the things that social media presents and you cannot fall into that. Here are the things that, um, we would like for you to represent in terms of representing our program rang. Absolutely. So in that regard, I'm not going to tell Renee Montgomery, this is all your fault because I feel like even though she did just get this job a couple of months ago, I know for a fact that there were list of things, like expectations, the player association is involved. Like they're aware of prior to the season. And if emotions carry you beyond the line of permissible actions, then that's on the player. And that's why I think, Renee Montgomery said, we're going to hold them accountable. Now, if you don't have any rules in place, what are you holding them accountable to? So there obviously have been rules set in place that now have been breached. So because of that, you're suspended. And because of that, we're going to handle it. Um, So I think that's great leadership. Now, having rules in place and having them broken are are different. So if there are no rules in place, then how do you know what to hold them accountable to? Yeah. I think Renee Montgomery has has a, a solid position of leadership there in Atlanta, but that doesn't mean that everyone's going to follow suit and comply. So when you have Kennedy Carter, who has an electric, you know, uh, energy with her, and so does Courtney Williams, <laughs> like we've seen it. And, you know, she's already been involved in a situation like that. So and that's not downing her oh. or or Kennedy. The situation happened. The organization has taken leadership in saying, you know, we're holding you accountable to what we told you could not happen, which is why you're suspended. So I, I think, you know, we really have to be careful with, you know, players taking it upon themselves to to stretch these lines of permissible actions, especially with social media and everyone understanding that there was a situation and now all the eyes are on your social media links. They're on your Instagram live. They're on your, you know, Twitter page. They're waiting for you to say something. So how about you say nothing as hard as that may be, because mm-hmm. you're, you're mad about what happened. Like, no, she didn't do that. Okay. No, she didn't do that. Yes. But you cannot say that in a public forum, like social media, no. because like you said, that that's airing out things that, that don't need to be said. I mean, the, in the last dance, like there were so many things, and that documentary that we didn't know about because social media wasn't around. Yeah. So I was like, wow, that happened. Oh my God. Like we didn't have any idea about it. 
And we shouldn't have had. I mean, now Wait, we wouldn't we back, wouldn't have like, known. We wouldn't have known if there was Twitter anyways. You want to know what? We wouldn't have known if there was Twitter, because if you said someone on Twitter right. that Michael did this or Scotty did this, Michael's <laughs> going to come to your house and kick your ass. Right. Like that's that's the fear. That's the fear of saying a, a, that that's accountability. When you are don't even can't even think of doing an activity that is going to be harmful to our group and our unit. And, and our there commitment to our goal, like, right? Like, that's why those things, I think, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think when when these things happen, like, this is not just like one isolated incident or or one, like, these things take time to get to the point where you're like, I want to fight that person. I'm going to do it right no. here during the game. And, and it takes time no. also to, to consider, hey, I need to go defend myself on Twitter because I know people are going to bring it out because we've been dealing with this issue for a while. So it's well, like- let them wonder. But I'm, that's what I'm saying. If you're a team, like I'd almost rather you guys just like get in a fist fight in practice, get a fist fight in practice. You got it out. Good. Good. We're done. Like it's hot. It's competitive. Like we all want to win. We're all yelling at each other to win, but you can't, you can't, you can't let it get to the point where it's affecting your chances of winning. And now it's affecting your chances of winning because you don't have Kennedy Carter, who's one of your best players. Um, so now, now it has affected your season and it's going to, it may affect them the rest of the way. Although I do think hopefully the break and, and the time oh. off will time apart will, uh, will make them, uh, grow fonder. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I mean, going back to like a little bit back in the day, like when Shaq and Kobe had that sit down, oh, yeah. it was on NBA TV and Kobe was talking about things that we just didn't know about um, that were happening in house. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, the players have to really take ownership on the decisions that they make uh, via social media or otherwise, um, you know, when it comes to what the team stands for, what the league stands for. And I, I mean, I don't know in that moment in their last game. However, if both of them are culpable, then both of them need to be suspended if both of them were involved and I, again, I don't know who started it, who finished it or did what, whatever. But I mean, I think there, if we're talking accountability and again, not knowing hundred percent what the deal was, but that's just how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because then you don't want to lose the integrity of the team and have people thinking, well, you suspended her, but what about her? Right. Like, isn't that a rule? Why is she still playing? Right. You got to be careful and you don't want to lose the locker room. Like Mike Peterson, you don't want to lose the locker room by not having integrity behind what the rules of the team and the league are like that, that would be the most detrimental thing that could happen to him and the team is to lose the, the, your voice in the locker room because you're not standing true on all accounts. Well, I think it'll be really, I think it'll be really interesting in Atlanta going forward. Um, You know, figuring out what their leadership, uh, dynamic is and figuring out how they can quell the situation and hopefully like not have to trade anybody. Cause I, again, I, like I just said, I ain't trading Kennedy Carter. I'll trade everybody else. Not. I'm not trading. I'm not trading the player no. that we just drafted. No, I hope uh, not. Uh, and, and is the future of the franchise. So that's why we're not going to do fake trades on this podcast. Everyone on Twitter right. who's, want, who's wanting to see that we're not, we're not doing that uh, today. Um, all right, Chrissy, I, I think that's, uh, that's all I got. I mean, I know we didn't talk about, um, like the basketball, it's literally happening right now. And I'm, I'm sure <laughs> you guys are wondering about that because it's usually what we come on here and do. But uh, we will be talking about that uh, probably next week. I don't know. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. Is next, is next week. Oh, next week's also a break. Okay, we'll talk about yeah. we'll talk about normal basketball next week. Uh, no, then we'll talk about the Olympics. And then, yeah. And then we'll have a game. game. When do we get back? It, it, it's going to be August. After Man. the break, it's like August 14th. But August, we'll yeah. be we'll be rolling through it here on the on on our on our little courtside seats. <laughs> yeah, we love our courtside seats. And I tell you what, there's some great games tonight with Dallas and Minnesota. That's going to be a ESPN mm, two game. And then at ten tonight on the Amazon Prime, it's Phoenix and the Vegas Aces. That's going to be a good one. And then with Diane Taurasi season- back. Yeah, with Tarasi. Hello. Um, that's going to be fun. And then the Sparks and the Storm also play tonight on CBS Sports. So all three games. 
games tonight. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, you know, I, I just think that the game is in a great place in spite of the issues. I mean, what's life without some issues you have to deal with? I, I just think Atlanta's oh. going to be fine. Um, you know, hopefully NECA and Shanae will be alongside their sister Erica on the Nigerian national team, and they'll be in Tokyo too. Um, but, I mean, it's an exciting time for the WNBA. I think it's going to be great to have all of the players in one place. I mean, they're going to be honoring the 1996 Olympic team in Las Vegas on the 14th of July. I think that's going to be fun. I know Lisa Leslie and Tina Thompson are going to serve as co-coaches for the WNBA All-Star team. So that'll be fun to, to see that whole dynamic. And just the respect is what I was talking about earlier. Just the respect of, you know, the foundational pieces of the WNBA in its 25th year. I think it's going to be fun to celebrate that moment and celebrate where the game currently is on and off the court. I think that's going to be a, a really fun time for, for a lot of people. And the eight new all-stars this year, uh, you know, I think that's going to be a fun experience for them as well. And all the newbies to USA basketball will be fun for them too. So it'll be fun all- for us because we're going to be watching and cheering. So. Yes. That's the best part. We don't have to worry about any of this. <laughs> the other stuff. Yeah. But no, it, it's always a pleasure chopping it up with you, Gabe, and breaking things down, sitting courtside. And we're going to be back, like you said, to break more things down as the Olympic Games start up in Tokyo. And, you know, we're going to recap the the All-Star Game next week. So always a pleasure, my friend. And look forward to more chats courtside with Christy and Gabe on future shows.